nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare, nor our living hope. Your presence, Lord. We've tasted and seen. Of the sweetest of loves Where our hearts become free And our shame is undone Yeah, your presence So we say Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and Nothing can compare when you're out living alone. Your presence, Lord. Oh, we press in, God. We press in, Lord. We've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where hearts become free. Shame is
boldness just to testify of his goodness just shout it out this morning let us inspire others to partake of his goodness Oh, you love us, Lord. Jesus is calling. 
come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of jesus christ Leave behind your regrets and sins Come today, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy From the ashes in life is born Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.
Hey, good day, everybody. It's just such a privilege to be with you today. And we're very excited. We're starting a new series. And our series for this term is entitled Say Yes. And the wonderful thing about this series is it's also being broadcast on Sunday mornings on ETV at 7 o'clock. Uh, so how we're going to do this is that on the Sunday morning at 7 o'clock on the ETV program, there will be a short presentation where we'll talk about what it means to say yes to Jesus and what impact that has on our lives. It's about an 8 or 10 minute presentation, which is then followed up for the rest of the program by some questions and answers from an, uh, questions that are asked by an audience and answers that are given by a panel of people that we've got in from our community, different people that'll share and just, it's going to be a, a wonderful time and we trust that it connects well with people. And then on a Sunday morning during the service, we'll take that same topic and uh, we're going to unpack it a little bit further and uh, just go a little bit deeper into it. So join us for this series. It's over 13 weeks, uh, so it's going to be a great time together. And today we want to kick it off by saying, by talking about Say Yes to Jesus. So the series is entitled Say Yes Today's message is say yes to Jesus. I'm sure you'll agree with me that it's the yeses that defines our lives. It's the things that we say yes to that shapes our lives and also the things that other people say yes to us to that define our lives. I remember a wonderful day back in 1992 where I wrote a poem and uh, gave that poem to Natasha. At that stage, she was my girlfriend. But it was about to change. So I wrote a nice poem to her. And what I've actually had planned is that without her knowing it, I took some gold and uh, a pearl that we had. She loved pearls. She didn't want a diamond ring for a wedding ring, but she wanted a pearl. And um, she, we had it and she was on my case to say, listen, we have to go and think about a ring. And are we going to look at designs? Meanwhile, I've been slyly fishing what she likes and then uh, took a, a picture of one of the rings that she said she liked to somebody we knew. And um, they helped me design a ring and actually make a ring. So on this day, I had the ring in my pocket, wrote a poem filled with uh, um, just little hints about gold and pearls. Um, and then had arranged for a restaurant, a nice restaurant to go and have a meal that evening. Uh, at Centurion Mall back in the days when the, the Centurion Lake was still something that you could visit and it had the, the organ, the water organ, some of you will remember. And so that night we went with a ring burning in my pocket and we went to the restaurant. Funniest thing happened was as we entered into the, the mall, the wedding march was playing. And so I thought that was quite funny, but I couldn't actually share the moment with her. So we had our meal and then afterwards went walking on the other side of the lake, there was the beautiful gardens that they had at that stage still. And uh, as we were walking at some point, I got on my knee. I already had the ring on her finger and she didn't know what was happening, which in itself was a major feat because to surprise her was very difficult. But I got it right that day. And But you know what was the most wonderful thing is she said yes. Wow, I'm so excited, so thankful. She said yes. And uh, that yes has changed my life. Probably, you know, one of the top two or three yeses that has changed my life. Our life is built by yes. Now, I know we say no to things and that has an impact on our lives. But if we just say no, then we'll have nothing. So everything we say yes to determines the direction, the future, the way our lives develop. And obviously for us as believers, as Christians, we say that the most important yes we can say is to say yes to Jesus. I want to take you to a story in the scripture about a young man 
we commonly refer to this young man as the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and was knowing what he needed to say yes to so that he could uh, inherit eternal life and receive the kingdom of God. What, what yes did he have to say? In Matthew 19, verse 16 to 19, I'm going to read. Um, the, remember that this account uh, of, of what happened with this man and Jesus is recorded for us in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I'm going to make making use of Matthew's account and then also um, the account that is recorded for us in Mark. But I'm going to start with Matthew's account. In Matthew 19, verse 16 to 19, we read the following from the NIV. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. You want to enter life? Keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. So here comes this, this man. Some of the scriptures just refer to him as a man. But when we piece all the information together, that's why we refer to him as the rich young ruler. He was rich. The scripture says he was exceedingly rich. He was very wealthy. I mean, this guy had the sleek beamer he had, or the, or the, or the G-Wagon, which one ever one is your, is your favorite. He had the latest phone. He had the, the you know, hashtag blessed uh, everywhere on his life. His number plate was probably hashtag blessed. He, everywhere, you know, he was like, man, he was blessed. Financially, this guy had it. He, 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 you know, he had everything he wanted and needed. Had the right house in the right street, the right suburb with the right address. Probably had a holiday home on the Sea of Galilee somewhere or, or somewhere else. And, and, you know, he was just, man, he had it all. He was a young person. He was in the prime of his life. Now, in those years, young meant somewhere in his 20s or 30s. So he was in the prime of his life. Everything was looking good for him. He uh, probably, you know, was a good athlete, had, um, you know, could run quite far, did, uh, you know, CrossFit, uh, was just in prime shape, you know, just had it all. And then he was a leader. Uh, some scriptures say ruler, some say leader. That probably meant he was uh, on the leadership of the local synagogue, or he would, may have even been in the Sanhedrin. But he, he was, a, you, if you form the picture, he was this believer that had it all, man. He was both uh wealthy and in good standing in his community in the Jewish community actually was like a role model he was like the Jew that every Jew wanted to be he had it all man he had it together and everybody could see it but yet he comes to Jesus and he says what good thing must I still do there's something lacking there's something that he's missing he's saying Lord there's something not not 100% yet I there's something else I I need um I need something more to secure that I've got it all, that, that, that I can even have eternal life. He says, I, I'm so blessed on this side of, of eternal life, and I've got life here and everything's good, but I also want to secure it for eternity. I also want to have life eternity because I'm a Jewish man. I believe in eternal life. I want to have eternal life, and I recognize I still need something. There's something I lack. I haven't, I haven't got it all together. Lord, tell me what it is that I need. So he goes to Jesus and he asks this question. Now it's interesting for me. Let's pause here for a moment. Why does he ask Jesus this question? 
We must remember that Jesus was also a young man at this stage in 30, early 30s. So probably more or less the same age as this young guy. So these in, in age, at least, was two peers talking to one another. So he comes to Jesus, fellow young guy, but a guy that's not so wealthy. Uh, I know some people say that he was very wealthy. He wasn't wealthy. He didn't live a wealthy lifestyle. He didn't look wealthy. He didn't have hashtag blessed on his um, secondhand car that he was driving. Um, he, uh, and he wasn't also wasn't in such great standing with the Jewish establishment. He wasn't the model Jew. He wasn't the guy that everybody thought that's what it means to be the best version of a Jewish person. He wasn't quite that. So why does he ask Jesus then? The one thing Jesus did have, though, is Jesus was considered to be good. He was seen as the epitome of what it means to be good. And this rich young ruler asked the question uh, because he said, his inference was, what good thing must I do? And some of the other versions, uh, other uh, accounts put it a little bit more clearly. What good must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, his view was, typical Jewish view, that his eternal life would be, in, would be earned. It would be something that you would get because you deserve it, because you've done good enough. And he had good and he'd experienced so much good, but he wanted to know what he needed to still say yes to, to do the ultimate good so that he could secure eternal life. What was he still missing? What was he lacking so that he could have eternal life? And therefore Jesus answers him and says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. And, and Jesus was actually trying to say to him, listen, you need to begin to understand that you'll never be good enough for eternal life because only God is good enough. Um, but then Jesus carries on and he says, um, if you want to enter eternal life, keep the commandments. And what Jesus was actually trying to tell this young man was that he can't do it, that he will fail in some way. Um, but he says to him, which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, and you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus quotes some of the Ten Commandments to him and the most important commandment um, of the Shema. And uh, he says to the guy, he sort of gives a little bit of a breakdown of some of the commands. And he says, this is what you must do. If you keep all these commands, all your life, perfectly, then you can inherit eternal life. This is what you've got to say yes to. And the rich young ruler responds and he says, all these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? So an amazing thing. He's, I mean, he's a model guy. He's, a, he's not only wealthy, but he's righteous. He's a good person. And he says, man, I've, I've done it all, Lord Jesus. I've, but I still lack something. Can you, can you hear that he's a dissatisfied rich young ruler? He's, he's not, there's something missing. And isn't it amazing how often... Even when everything goes so good with a person and we think we've got the money that we would like to have and need. And, you know, we're in good standing with people and, you know, our lives are good and, we, and we're good people. We still always feel, man, there's something missing. I, I still need something. There's something that I lack. And, and he says, what do I still lack, Jesus? I, I've done it all. I've, I've kept all those commandments. I've been so diligent from when I was young. I've been disciplined. I've been doing the right things, but I still lack something, Jesus. What do I lack? And then I want to go to Mark 10's version of the answer of Mark 10's eyewitness account of what Jesus says to him. 
in verse 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. I find it fascinating here that Jesus gives him the good news. Jesus says to him, well, if, the, if you lack something, the good news is it's only one thing. There's just one more thing that you lack. It's not 10 things. It's not 100 things. Jesus is not saying to him that what you lack is like, you know, is too much and it's complicated. Uh, he says one thing. There's just one thing you lack. One thing that you need to do in life. If you do this, then you will be complete. Then, then you will be then, then you will have it all and you will, on top of that, get eternal life. This is just one thing you lack. But then Jesus tells him to do two things. Did you hear the scripture when I read it? When he said, one thing you lack, then he tells him, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have your treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. So if I read this, he's saying to him to do two things. He's saying to him, Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. So which is the one thing that this young man needs to do? Now, I think if we understand the point that Jesus is making, then the one thing that he needs to do is to follow Jesus. To allow Jesus to become his Savior, and not just his Savior, but his Lord. You see, this young man was following something else. He was following wealth. He was following good. He was following standing. He was following all these other things, thinking that these things would allow him to live the life he wants to live, be the person that he should be, and then also to, to actually come into God's good books so that he could be with God for eternity. This is what he thought. These things he desired because he thought this would give him right standing with God. But Jesus ultimately says to him that there's only one that can give you what you're looking for, right standing with God, to be good enough for God. And that's the one standing before him, Jesus, because only Jesus is good enough. We can't do it. But you know, when we say yes to something, that always means we have to say no to something else. If we say yes to Jesus, what does that mean we have to say no to? And in his life, he needed to say no to wealth. You see, it was his wealth that set him apart, that set him up as being this person that everybody would be looking at. It's ultimately his wealth that gave him the standing in the community. He was a good person. He was a righteous person doing the law. But it was really the fact that he was so blessed, as we would put it today, that made everybody sit up and notice him. You know, the Jews had this thought in that time that uh, ultimately wealth is a sign of the blessing of God, that if you're not wealthy, then you're not really blessed by God and there must be something wrong with you. But uh, if you are wealthy, then you are living that's a sign that you are, you know, pleasing God. 
And I know, I think even today, some people have that way of thinking. And yes, God blesses us and God wants to bless us and God can bless us with, with great wealth. And, but we must always remember that's for his purposes. When he blesses us, it's not so much a sign merely of us um, doing everything right and, you know, our faith and everything. It's also because it's God's purposes to do it. It's always a, a working together. Um, but it's, it's, it's not such a straight equation that one can make as the Jews were making in the day. And um, he was putting way too much trust in the fact that he was wealthy. And um, he desired that wealth to get, because of what it meant for him. It gave him not only security, but it gave him respect and honor from people. And you know, ultimately what we desire is what we give authority in our lives. What we chase after is what leads us. And Jesus was saying to him, your wealth your, is the obstacle in your way to say yes to me. The yes you have to say is to say yes to following Jesus. And your wealth is in your way. Of getting to follow Jesus. And the reason your wealth is in the way. Is because your wealth has the highest authority in your life. It is what you put your trust in. It is what you believe. It is what you find security in. More than anything else. And as long as you find security in your wealth. You can't find it in Jesus. As long as you trust your wealth. You can't trust Jesus. As long as your wealth has that level of authority in your life. Jesus will never be your Lord and have the authority. And you can't follow him. You'll only follow him till it doesn't suit you any longer. Till it threatens that which is actually mostly important to you. That is what he had to say no to. So that he could say yes to Jesus. And as we read it there in verse 22. At this the man's face fell he went away sad because he had great wealth. You see, Jesus knows our hearts. He knew the heart of this young man and he spoke right to his heart. He touched the very core of the challenge that this, one man, this young man was facing. I mean, he must have felt so excited when Jesus said to him, all you need is one thing. He thought, I can do this. I can, you know, one thing. That's not too difficult. Just tell me what's that one thing that I've not done well enough, Lord. Perhaps I... You know, I haven't been honest enough or perhaps I, I haven't been patient enough. If you just tell me that. But then what Jesus tells him is the one thing is actually everything. That's the one thing. To be a follower of Jesus, to say yes to Jesus, is to say yes to him in everything. Is to give him everything. To put our trust in him in everything. To follow him in everything. To make him our authority in everything. And this rich young ruler couldn't do that. And therefore, I think the description that we use, rich young ruler, we could also turn around and actually say he was a young ru man ruled by riches. A young man ruled by riches. And that's why he couldn't follow Jesus. That's why that moment became such a sad moment. Instead of saying yes to Jesus, he wanted to say yes to wealth, Yes to standing, respect, honor. Yes to the life that he's known up until that point. And that so often becomes our greatest challenge.
Now, it's true. Not every person that comes to Jesus, even in the New Testament, did he say that you have to go sell everything you have, give it to the poor. He did say to a couple of people, um, because I do think that wealth is a problem. Our desire for money is a very general problem that many of us have. And we have to recognize that Jesus is not our way to wealth. I think sometimes people think that that's what the gospel means, is that if you accept Jesus, he will become your financial advisor and he becomes your financial guru. And saying yes to Jesus, he will make you wealthy. Again, God can bless us and God wants to bless us. God is our provider. He looks after us. I, we have no problem with people being blessed by God financially in, in ways because that serves God's purposes. Um, but as somebody once said, it's not whether we have money, it's whether money has us. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, most of us, money has too much an important place in our hearts and in our lives. And so it becomes... One of the things, not the only thing, but one of the things we have to learn to say no to. And by saying no to money, I'm not saying you can't have any money or you shouldn't have money. No, we must have money. We have to, the scripture says clear, the word scripture says we have to work and earn our living. We have to look after ourselves. We have to feed our families. We need money. Jesus provided money for his disciples. The gospel talks a lot about his provision in money. He's not saying we can't have money. We're saying we can't put our hope and our trust. We cannot make money our authority. But Jesus is our authority. So our money becomes subservient to Jesus. Our money serves Jesus and his purposes. We do with our money what he tells us to do because he's the Lord of our lives. We spend our money on what the scripture tells us. We do our tithes. We do our offerings. We, we spend our money righteously and in the ways that builds his kingdom. We say yes to Jesus. But it's not just about money. There's lots of other things. Us wanting to do what we want to do in life. Something we have to say no to, to be able to say yes to Jesus. Yes, yes Jesus, your will be done, not my will. Yes to not my own importance, but to make his kingdom most important to my life. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Lots of things we have to say yes to Jesus, which means... We say no to other things. Other things take a secondary place. Other things become less important to us. Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you come to Jesus and, and, and recognized that you lack, that there's something that you lack, that you've tried your whole life to be a good person, to live right, to live righteously. You, you've tried everything, but you still feel there's something missing. Then I want to tell you today one thing you lack, and that is to say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. How do we say yes to Jesus? It begins with a prayer. A prayer that says, Lord, I want to say yes to you. And therefore, I recognize that there's some things I have to say no to. And I turn away from some things. I turn away from my own way of doing things, my own understanding and authority. And, and I say no to the authority of other things in my life and my own authority. And I say yes to your authority. Yes, Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you in everything. So I want to pray a prayer with you today. If you've never prayed a prayer of giving your life to Jesus, won't you pray this with me right now? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to say yes to you. We want to say yes so that you can save us from our sin and that you can become the Lord of our lives. And to do that, Lord, we know we have to say no to some things. Our focus is not on the no. Our focus is on the yes. 
But we do recognize there's some things we have to turn away from. And so today we ask that you will give us the strength to turn away from whatever else we've desired and give, have given authority in our lives so that we can turn to you. Come, Lord Jesus, we ask you right now. We say yes to you, Jesus. Yes to your Lordship. Yes, Lord, to following you with every area of our lives. Teach us what it means to follow you, to be completely surrendered to you. And thank you, Lord, that we can inherit eternal life, not because we are good enough, but because you have done all the good on our behalf. All we have to do is believe in you and follow you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you're so welcome to connect with us. You can send us an email to talk to us at hatfield.co.za and we'd love to be in contact with you. May the Lord bless you and may you have a fantastic week and please continue to join us for this Say Yes series. Bye.